Good morning, happy Wednesday, and welcome to Adam versus the Man, coming to you live from the Garden of Freedom in northern Arizona, in the mountains, not not the desert part. No, it's it's not a desert. We get 12 and a half inches of rain per year. That's a two and a half inch margin over the definition of desert, and don't you forget it. Thank you so much for joining us. We had a fun show. We're starting with COVID today, because CJ put together an awesome animation to to... To contain COVID on Adam vs. the Man. That's right. We figured out how to contain COVID. We're going to play an intro animation before our COVID block. And then at the end of our COVID block and on Adam vs. the Man, COVID will be completely contained to that block. And it will not be spoken of outside of that block. And it won't affect anything outside of that block at all. Uh, and, and speaking of which, uh, the government has a similar plan. I think they're learning from CJ here. They've decided to just make COVID illegal, and they say that it, as soon as they get this law passed, it'll it'll be gone. I mean, if it's illegal, it's just it's banned. And then they're going to go to schools, you know, where they have those gun-free zone signs, and they're going to say COVID-free zones now, and then boom, no COVID. That's it. So we got actually we we do, we do have a lot of news today about. The COVID vaccine, surprise, surprise, that's where people are turning their attention. We got a fun grab bag. We got we got an email uh, from, allegedly, from a U.S. Marine signed anonymous. US. Actually, it's not, it's not, it's not anonymous. I'm looking at this. There's, there's a name on this. Uh, I wonder, you know, some, hey, we're going to have fun with this email. Because sometimes I wonder, uh, well, I've done, I've, Quick story time before we get to our promos this morning. <clears throat> uh, earlier on in the uh, COVID lockdowns, I was going to Flagstaff to run errands and go to the gym, and the gym was my last stop. And it's right across, typically, from a U.S. Marine, actually a whole block of military recruiting offices, right? And I, I didn't, I wanted to get a little uh, police repellent for my car. So I went in there, I went into the Marine office, and uh, I was just, just I, I, didn't mean, I didn't say anything important or interesting or, or challenging. I went in, I was just chummy, shook hands uh, with, with the uh, staff sergeants in the office, and, you know, chatted about what it's like to be a recruiter out in the, uh, in the age of COVID. And, you know, are they still going to high schools and, and uh, bugging kids in person? No, 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 it's, it's a lot of phone work. <laughs> I did, I like, well, you know, I'm here to the gym and it's closed, so uh, let me do some pull-ups. They have pull bar in their office. And I said, you know, can I get a, a few of those, uh, you know, the, the, the shiny medallion stickers that you guys give out because I need one for my vehicle. And, and they gave me one. And I, I wonder, like, you know, saying that, you know, denouncing militarism. Uh, some people want to kick you out of the veterans. Oh, you're not a real veteran if you're not pro-military for the rest of your life. You're not part of the brotherhood. Uh, sorry, guys. The uh, what it means to be a warrior is 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 a bigger, far more important brotherhood, obviously. But I wonder sometimes, like, you know, how far should I play this card? You know, walk in there and, and be like, well, I'm a veteran, and therefore you got to listen to me, and you shouldn't join the Marines. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing this anymore. 
do do I have a voice in the veterans community like that? The mainstream pro well, it's not though, man. They want you to believe. They want you to believe that everybody in the military believes in the mission. That nobody's there just because uh you know they, they don't want to get their teeth fixed. No. No. Or they're all veterans. You know, want to put on their silly little piss covers and, and, and salute the flag and, and the color guard as it goes through in the uh, annual parades and have smoke blown up our butts. No, that's not that's not representative of anything that I know of the veterans community as a whole. We are much more anti-militarism, much more questioning, much more warriors rather than obedient lackey soldiers than the mythology of statism would have you believe. And challenging that mythology <clears throat> is really a key to our mission here with Adam versus the man. So thank you for being a part of it. If you're watching live now or if you're if you're listening, if you can hear my voice, share it, share it, share it, please. We depend on having an active and engaged audience to compete with the mainstream media and to get around the censors. Yeah, we got to say, oh, the censorship, man, oh, my gosh, it just comes and comes and comes. Like, it, it is, uh, well, like we talked about Black Mirror yesterday just because it came up in a comment. If you don't know the TV show Black Mirror, I recommend it, download it. I watched the uh, first couple seasons. A real, real mind bender of a dystopian sort of social science fiction. And it's like, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't have guessed you know, even just a few years ago that on the show today, we'd be talking about censorship every single day. Like, and it's not, it's not quite every single day, but it's getting close. It's getting like, and it's, we're not just, uh, we're, we're not just like making this the subject of the show. We're talking about how it's affecting us and what's in the news. Like censorship is a serious continuous issue right now. I don't know what CJ is showing on video there with that. But if you want to get more, maybe he'll explain. But if you want to get more involved in the show, you want to support us, please check out AdamVersusTheMan.com. If you're watching, listening to this from anywhere else, please go to AdamVersusTheMan.com. You can watch it live there. The uh, At least at least our, our excellent producer, CJ, will always be there making sure that you know where you can get this show, uh, whether it's YouTube or uh, Facebook or Twitter to name the big three censors of our time. Uh, but from there, if you're at AdamVersusTheMan.com, you can also click on the Patreon button, find our Patreon link, patreon.com slash AdamVersusTheMan. And if you give us $10 a month or more, you get to join the Producers Club. And it's so cool. Uh, this is how we do the show. Like, the producer, like, this is how I, it's it's the majority now. Like, I check Drudge Report, I check my own social media. Uh, but now it's definitely the majority of news stories that we cover on Adam vs. the Man come to us from the Producers Club. And if you're in the Producers Club, you get 15% off merch. Or if you're just a better Patreon, better or better Patreon, uh, you get 15% off and free shipping on your merch order. So please check that out. Along with MakeThemDebate.com, really cool uh, website, way to make debates happen, help out our debate manager, Mercedes in Nebraska, and then, of course, CigarFederation.com, promo code ADAM1080AM10, gets you 10% off 
And if you're on Instagram, if you're not on Instagram, check it out anyway. But you can follow uh, the Garden of Freedom on Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. So glad we got that handle. Let's get comment Jim Freedom up here. I know we got we got to warm up. We got to get prepped to jump into this big COVID block today. Jim, how you doing, brother? Any uh, any any early comments on the show today? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, well, we got our normal good mornings, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. T Rod, T Rod from Southside says, "Oh shit! Look, it's Post Malone in the house. What up, Poser? What's good?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Craig Darty has a, a topic off the top. Speaking of vaccines, why did they choose a 90-year-old for first person who is past life expectancy? The media and the state did it for a reason. Why not a nurse or a doctor in an emergency room? It's a great question. I, that, ooh, thank you. Thank you, Craig. And Craig is part of our Producers Club, and this is one of the best things I love about the conversation around Adam versus the man now, and that the integrity and completeness of the message is strengthened by people pointing these things out that I that I might have missed or not fully addressed. And when, when I saw, I, I did see that story yesterday, first woman in the U.K., 90 years old. And oh, and oh, it just so happens that we found a guy whose name is William Shakespeare to be be among the first. Also, did you catch that, Jim, in the news? I, I didn't know. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I don't. It's like, I hate that I know this in a, in a way. Like I, I'm just absorbing absorbing the propaganda, so you don't have to, right? You know, I, I just I saw this story about uh, the first first jabs in the UK with the COVID vaccine. And as, as Craig points out, they said the first person to get it, and this is after the trials, I guess, their first, not literally the first, because the first, who knows, you know, uh, was a batch of, yeah, yeah. one of a batch of uh, you know, trial trials. Participants. Right. Uh, but that they gave it to a 90-year-old woman. I, I, you know, what's the reason for that? And, and I Obviously, it's propaganda. Like, this is, you know, why do they find a guy whose name is William Shakespeare? Right. And, and, and by the way, how that's... poetic. Yeah. Oh, how, nice. Nice one, Jim. I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, so and this is not, like, some freak thing. Like, since William Shakespeare got all popular and shit, uh, you know, there, there, in any given time, there are probably a few dozen people on, on Earth named William Shakespeare, and, and a lot of them are in England. And that they just they were able to find one to be close enough to the first to get the vaccine to include in their press releases. It's like vaccine nationalism, patriotism. Remember, remember we covered this last week. And I, you know, I think about the uh, the, the British nationalism in this. Right there, there is, there is, yeah, there is such a thing. Uh, there's a weird British nationalism, and yeah, all nationalism is weird. I'm not trying to single out England and or British people's relationship to their government and country identity, but uh, so yeah, they got, they got. Why did they get an old woman and, and a guy named William Shakespeare? I, I think it's a combination of you know, be proud of where you come from and protect the elderly. You know, respect your ancestors. Uh, for something that is sort of new and weird and different, uh, that they are trying to convince people to go along with, I think those are those are great ways to to grease the skids. It's for patriotism. 
if you and, and, and protect old people. And if you don't line up to get the jab, well, why, why do you hate America? Why do you hate old people? What's wrong with you? Yeah, there's going to be a version of this coming to the United States. There's going to be it's going to be different form, um, but there will be a, a similar effort to create a spirit of uh, vaccine nationalism, and, and I think that's why. Thanks, Frank. Good uh, point. Debate debate manager Mercedes suggests that it's because if they die, it's not necessarily tragic. It's like a sacrifice for society. She says wartime honors because that's how they win hearts and minds. And it's part of something to be considered probably, but but there is also part of it as like the propaganda, like you're saying, like, you know, I, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me because it's like, why wouldn't you try it on a on a perfectly healthy person? That way, if there were any complications or side effects, that's adds to the science of it you know it shows people what could happen you could go if a 90 year old lady has complications the vast majority of people are going to go well she was 90 she might have had some kind of underlying etc whatever her body just wasn't capable (laughs) of handling it blah 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 something goes wrong they can always say well she was 90 that's kind of the perfect reason why you should take you know make the first person a nice perfectly healthy person so they can take it and then be like see i'm still perfectly healthy but I mean, which well, they might still be I, yeah. able to be, but you know, yeah. I don't know. Oh, there's, there's, there's a point. I think we just crossed, or we're, we're about to cross the line of ridiculous speculation because I think it's enough to say that the people who crafted this message know better than we do about the impacts, right? Like we, like I, I, I've made this point about Trump before. You know, it's one thing to look at Trump and be like, oh, what an idiot. He said this. He said, well, it's like, well, look, it's working. Hello. <laughs> you know, you didn't get it. But maybe he had access to better surveys, uh, you know, about the American people. He knew what message was going to resonate, and that's what he said. And if you didn't know that, you know, so it's, in a sense, I, I have a, a deference to experts where speculating and questioning, you know, well, they are who well, they are. For a reason, they're in the uh, they're in that role for a reason, at least by their choice, and uh, as a result of the access to resources that they have. Like you know, Trump has all sorts of access to polling that nobody else does. Okay, uh, didn't quite work for him. We can make fun of him for that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't think we need to ponder. Yeah, it's but it's oh yeah, they they are trying to send uh, some kind of propaganda message here. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Loki 209, uh, he said, I took the coronavirus vaccine last night. It's called Tecate. <laughs> Be careful, though. It has side effects. <laughs> yeah, if you take too much, it may, uh, may, may have you waking up feeling funny. <laughs> oh, uh, man. We got one more. Christopher Bowen, uh, he says, why is British nationalism any weirder than American nationalism? Obviously, it's more prevalent over there. Well, that kind of oh. answers your other question. It's not really different. It's just more prevalent over there. It's not. Well, wor- it's not better or worse or weirder. Well, it's weirder because it's more prevalent, I guess. Right? Is it more prevalent? Are British? I get. Yeah, probably. I mean, from what I did, very you know, long distance kind of view here, but. Uh, there is a weirdness to British nationalism that, I mean, to me, it's like, well, what's weird is what's out of the norm, out of your comfort. I'm, 
I'm more comfortable being uncomfortable with American nationalism than I am being uncomfortable with British nationalism. But there's a, you know, the, it, comparing weirdness, it's like, the, it's a little weird. But the, 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 the uniqueness of British nationalism or the difference with British nationalism versus American nationalism, uh, I, I think the main thing comes from uh, the, longer, the longer British history. And uh, there's also, uh, we used to be an empire, but we're not anymore. Whereas America is still, like, close to the height of empire, right? I mean, I think, I think we're on the decline now pretty solidly by most metrics. But uh, those create a different mentality and, and patriotism. Uh, I, think, I think it was our friend uh, Chris Cole, Victims of Family Law, uh, sent me an article that I finally got around a reading last night called, uh, I think it was The Anger of the Fatherless or the, the Rage of the Fatherless, something like that. And it was analyzing just the failure of fatherhood and, and children raised without fathers in the United States and how this so deeply relates to the psyche of the West and nationalism in the West or Western civilization. And that there is a kind of historical... Crisis of crisis of fatherhood, and it's not just literally fatherhood, but the role of fathers in society, the role of men, uh, going through. I, I mean, I don't know over what time period to say, but uh, certainly going through some relatively modern shifts, and this relates very much to the the issue of nationalism and patriotism, as in patri. And there is a way that we relate to the government like a parent. You know, the, the liberal being the motherly versus the conservative being the fatherly mindset. But there is, with government, uh, certainly a, a kind of transposition of relationship expectations of a father to that of government. And when you, you think what is what is the government of the United States represent as a father figure to, to to its people versus the British government to its people, you go yeah, well, those are definitely very different relationships, and I think they got more weirdness than we do. But yeah, that's just my own bias. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, oh, Mercedes, a lot. Mercedes pointed out it, and this is worth worth repeating uh, that one of the unique streaks of American patriotism is militarism. Whereas in Britain, it was more imperialism, right? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, don't be a statist thinks it's a lot simpler. He thinks uh, British nationalists are weirder because of the accent. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a, you got a uh, Rona block you're going to do, huh? Wait a second. If they came first and they invented the language, aren't we speaking their language with a funny American accent? All depends on who you ask. Everything is relative. Yeah, smoke on that one, right? Do we have a contest today? Uh, we could do. I think it was actually yesterday's winner, Loki two hundred nine, that actually said this too. But he said it yesterday, and I just remembered it. That's how good it was. He said we could have a contest to come up with the best contest. <laughs> 
That's our contest today. In comments, how do you want us to give away producer club memberships? Because that's what we're doing. We're trying to do uh, at least a few every week, uh, as much as one a day. And today you can win membership in the Adam vs. the Man Producers Club by uh, giving us a comment on any platform that Comment Jim Freedom is looking at with uh, how you want us to give away these producer club memberships. So without much further ado, and I say much because I do have to prepare myself here, but uh, CJ is, is very excited to premiere his Corona Block intro animation. So let me get let me get appropriately ready for this Corona Block. All right, CJ, roll tape. <laughs> And now you see our COVID containment device in action here on Adam vs. the Man. Our first story in our COVID block today comes from Fox 5 New York. New York legislation could make COVID-19 vaccine mandatory. Now, I'm not one to, uh, to, to, to follow too much of what government is trying to scare you about what they might do. But, yeah, vaccine mandates on the horizon. I, don't, I still don't think this is, is going to become in full effect. And what they're talking about is this would be in accordance with Department of Health's COVID-19 Vaccination Administration Program um, and must make – and this is, this is if uh, there is – so the, the sta- here's the, the wording in the, the potential legislation. The state must make efforts to promote vaccination and ensure that a high enough percentage of the population is vaccinated against COVID-19 to develop sufficient immunity. Once the vaccine program has been rolled out for a while, the Department of Health would have the authority to mandate vaccination to anyone who can safely receive the vaccine if public health officials see that New Yorkers aren't develop, developing sufficient immunity from COVID-19. The bill doesn't define sufficient immunity, so presumably public health officials would have to set the benchmark. And I, I think this is sort of like, this is, this is as bad as it could get. I mean, yeah, it could get worse. Uh, there could be more overreach, but what they're looking at is limited if maybe just these people types of mandates. Excuse me, I'm still I'm still pretty confident in my prediction that overall we won't see you know mass mandated vaccines and and, and even if we move more in that direction, there there are going to be ways out of it. But we are going to get bullied into taking this vaccine. By well, you you don't have to take it, but you can't get on an airplane without it, or go in a government building, or get a driver's license, or talk to a cop, or who knows what they're going to try to shut you out of. CNBC has the next headline. We have a bunch on a bunch more on the vaccine today. The FDA says Pfizer's COVID vaccine is safe and effective, but trial participants warn of intense symptoms after second shot. And you know we've we're still looking for numbers on this. You know, and and this is this is really uh, you know I, why aren't they putting numbers on this to sort of tamp down the uh, the potential fear over this and it's more fear mongering. Now I'm here to say like you know this wow this hey this fits my narrative. Be afraid of the vaccine more than the virus and it's bullshit and you're being you know but <clears throat> why like I want the numbers. You know why don't I have numbers to say like what what this uh, threat of side effects from the vaccine is. 
And I think there's a it, it sort of reflects that there's a greater interest in promoting fear than moving things in a very specific direction with each news story because the general, you know, aura of fear that the dark cloud of coronavirus hanging over everything makes it possible to do all the specific things that they want to do. A related story from New York Post, nypost.com, UK issues allergy warning about Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine after patients fall ill. People with significant allergic reactions are being warned not to get Pfizer's new coronavirus vaccine after two people needed treatment after being jabbed on the day it was launched in the UK. I'm like, hey, wait, is this, I have hay fever, I have allergies, is this, is this my way out of this thing? Well, who doesn't have, I mean, I guess a lot of people have allergies to something. How good is the vaccine going to be if anybody who has allergies of something just doesn't get it? The unidentified duo, both staff in the UK's NHS National Health Service, needed treatment for an anaphylactoid reaction Tuesday after they were among the first in the world to get the shot. The Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency immediately issued precautionary advice against vaccinating anyone with history of significant allergic reactions to medicines, food, or vaccines. Okay, so maybe my uh, maybe my hay fever doesn't do it, but uh, this one time I had this. Allergic reaction to this drug, I can't, I can't remember. All right, maybe maybe that gets me out of it. Uh, two people with history of significant allergic reactions responded adversely yesterday, said Professor Stephen Powell's national medical director for the NHS in England, adding that both were recovering well. The, quote, the MHRA have advised on a precautionary basis that people with significant history of allergic reactions do not receive this vaccination. He said, insisting the advice was common with new vaccines. Mm-hmm. The Hill has this next fear, uh, fear-mongering headline. Uh, oh, actually, well, this is a little out of order here, but uh, from thehill.com, first signs of Thanksgiving COVID-19 wave emerge. Yeah, blame blame me and my family. The first signs of post-Thanksgiving surge in coronavirus cases are being show up in data released by states across the country in a troubling prelude of what may become the deadliest month of the pandemic so far. Those hints of an uptake in case counts come as the country faces an already substantial wave of infections that began in the upper Midwest and spread to every corner of the map as summer turned to fall and the weather cooled. Now, this thing about uh, an uptick in case counts connected to Thanksgiving, uh, is there one? Eh, You know, I mean, assuming everything we know to be true, probably. It's probably insignificant, though. Now, in order to maintain their narrative, they have to blow it up and say, oh, yeah, well, you know. Uh, Americans followed, followed orders, uh, beatings will continue until morale improves. Yeah, so if, if we don't see uh, a major spike following all this Thanksgiving travel, then the American people might look at the official recommendations and go, well, we uh, we disobeyed them and nothing bad happened, so maybe uh, we'll keep doing that because when we obey them, really, really bad shit happens. Like suicide, depression, breakups, divorces, economic desperation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, domestic violence, I mean, I could go on. I'll stop. Uh, but yeah, related story to the, about the vaccine itself from Daily Mail. Allergy risk on Pfizer jab day before FDA meet to give green light the vaccine. UK regulators warn people with significant food and medicine allergies not to take it after two health workers suffer anaphylactic reaction. It was anaphylactoid in the other story. Did they change it? But why are they saying vaccination so many times when vaccine is uh, is an appropriate word? Like you're talking about the vaccine, 
Did you get the vaccine? Did you get the vaccination? Why, why the extra syllables? Uh, I don't know. Uh, two British healthcare workers who got the vaccine on Tuesday have had allergic reactions. They are both now recovering well, but British regulators are warning people with severe food and medicine allergies not to get it as a precaution. Anyway, here's finally we have some numbers from this story, right? During its trial phase, 137 of the 20,000 who got the vaccine had allergic reactions. It's pretty low, right? <clears throat> But 111 people among the 20,000 who were given a placebo shot also had allergic reactions, which made scientists dismiss it. Yeah. Numbers, numbers, lies, 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 and more statistics. Another warning, and and if this is the case, they're they're really going to have a hard time getting people to do this. From the New York Post, no drinking for two months after COVID-19 vaccine, Russia tells citizens. Russian officials are warning citizens to avoid alcohol for two months after receiving the country's COVID-19 vaccine. Tough to swallow news for one of the world's heaviest drinking countries. Uh, Again, interesting language here. I don't know if I'm reading too much into this. Receiving the country's COVID-19 vaccine, like Russia has its own, or like they picked one, or they, they, what irony of fate is this that, Russia got the vaccine that you can't drink for two months afterwards. There's definitely more to the story. The warning came from Russian Deputy Prime Minister Tatyana Golikova, who said in an interview that Russians will have to observe extra precautions during the 42 days it takes for the Sputnik V coronavirus vaccine to become effective. Hmm. Wait, what? Yeah, did you catch that? 42 days it takes for their vaccine to become effective. Quote, Russians will have to refrain from visiting crowded places, wear face masks, use sanitizers, minimize contacts, and refrain from drinking alcohol or taking immunosuppressant drugs. Wow. The the, the thing is, I, I, I hate to go back to this, but... Uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure if I, I'd rather get the virus than the vaccine. Now, if 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 it if I had to do it deliberately or or had the opportunity to do it deliberately, you know, minor exposure, controlled environment, being observed, and uh, you know, being careful about maintaining my health during that time, as I try to be most of the time anyway. All things in moderation, including moderation. But uh, another official in Russia said it's a strain on the body. If we want to stay healthy and have a strong immune response, don't drink alcohol. Like, that's it? Um, By the way, according to the WHO, Russia is the fourth largest consumer of alcohol per person in the world. The average Russian consumes 15.1 liters, almost four gallons of alcohol a year, according to the agency. And if that's vodka instead of beer, that makes a big difference, right? I'm sure they factored that into the number. if it's alcohol versus alcoholic drinks, if they're measuring volume, yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, they they estimated that, that uh, 100,000 100, Russians have already gotten the vaccine. Now, uh, they say that their Sputnik V vaccine, oh, gosh darn it, they got another bit of uh, vaccine nationalism past me here. Their vaccine, the Sputnik. Really? Are Russians so desperate for nostalgia with their nationalism now? 
Uh, they say it's over 90% effective, but medical workers who have taken the shot have come down with COVID-19. Yeah. And uh, Putin is refusing to take it, according to this story. So, yeah. Uh, Russia hasn't provided any data to back up its claims for the shot. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be hearing more from Russia. And back to the United States, Fox 5 New York has this headline, California uses text alert to ask millions of residents to stay home. And this is what gets me thinking about that Black Mirror shit, like, you know, your phone, you know, you think that you, you connect to the world with, uh, you know, continuously, your, your lifeline. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, you can't, you know, government's in it. Government pops up. And this is the emergency alert, state of California. New. This is new. New public health stay-at-home order in your area. COVID-19 is spreading rapidly. Stay home except for essential activity. Wear a mask. Keep your distance. Visit covid19.ca.gov. Uh, when can I get a phone without government in it? Yeah. Uh, it, it, this is dystopic. It, you know, they don't have to substanti- substantiate any of this. Uh, you know, they want you to be afraid of, of super spreader events. In L.A. County, gatherings are banned under public health order, uh, and they are arresting people at house, house parties. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is... It is kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, I was sorry. A couple more vaccine stories. Yeah, if if you weren't scared enough already. From the Guardian UK trial to mix and match COVID-19 vaccines to try to improve potency. Really? One vaccine's not good enough, so you have to have two? I mean, do you see how ridiculous this is? There's so many perverse motivations for power, money, control, uh, tied up in this. But, oh, you know, it, it, it's, it's like um, it's like if your parents bought you a car and said, hey, here's a car. Congratulations. You got your first car. Oh, but you know what? It's so unreliable. While you're, you're going to have to tow a second car behind you. And if the first one breaks down, you're just going to attach the second car to the front. Or just push it, push the other one and, and get where you're going. Uh, we can't get you a car that's good enough to get you where you're going. But two of them, if we just tack two of them together, that'll do it. I mean, there's so much wrong with this. It's like if it wasn't for CJ sick of me talking about corona, we'd be doing a lot more uh, about uh, the vaccines and, and picking this apart. But there's just it, – it really is an overwhelming flow of bullshit and propaganda and uh, lies, lies, and damn statistics over and over again. So the next story, we had just a couple related – COVID COVID related stories in our block today from CNBC. Universal basic income could decimate cities next year, one bank says in its outlandish forecasts. In a report entitled Outrageous Predictions, Saxo Bank outlined 10 outlandish forecasts for 21, although it did stress these are not its official views among the predictions the Danish bank said. Measures implemented by governments to support lost wages in response to the coronavirus pandemic could become permanent. So, uh, and it's I pointed this out months ago that this is their backdoor UBI. If you recall, in the early days of the debate about COVID relief in the United States, it was Yang and the Yang gang stepping in going, oh, well, uh, this is why we need these uh, 
We need these, just these COVID relief checks just need to be permanent and ongoing. Oh, that's the same as UBI. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, well, it's a good thing. Uh, Mr. Yang is here to help talk about it and figure this out for us. Right. Uh, among the, so as a quote in the, uh, among the predictions, there was a, this quote from strategist Kai Van Peterson. UBI leads to a seismic rebalancing of the forces and structures within society and how they apply geographically. Now, this is really interesting in terms of the seismic rebalancing of society as workers wave bye-bye to big city life. And, and by the way, this, skipping ahead for a second to our to our next story, and we're going to come back to the crazy predictions. Bloomberg via MSN.com, vaccines herald return to offices, but workers don't want to go. Uh, that is, uh, people are... Uh, being asked to get back to work after getting the vaccine, but a lot of them don't want to go, partly out of fear of the virus, but also because they want to maintain their work-from-home lifestyle. This is the sort of positive, another another big silver lining, is that it has pushed the work-from-home economic realignment uh, into its next phase, or at least to, to start, uh, you know, living up to its technological potential as to where we are right now. And, the, you know, allowing people to work from home means, you work from anywhere practically, usually, right? So there are a lot of things tied up in this. But then what if even if you're not working, you don't have that, you have passive income, you have welfare. Uh, you know, and I, I hear this with a lot of veterans, or at least, you know, in the veterans community. Oh, yeah, get your disability and then go move to Thailand and live like a king. All right. Well, uh, there's a lot more. Hmm. Hmm presents some opportunities now, doesn't it, right? Uh, as long as the world is under the thumb of the U.S. dollar empire, why not take advantage of the price differentials, get on some American free money train and spend that money abroad and get a lot more quality of life out of it? Even already, we see amid COVID and the work from home trends uh, a flee from the city. Although right now it's primarily more to the suburbs. So in this, uh, within these predictions, the bank said that measures implemented by governments to support lost wages in response to the coronavirus pandemic could become permanent, and this new era of free money would crush commercial real estate. The risk that societies are entirely torn apart results in the realization that COVID-19 measures weren't a mere panic response for the start of a permanent new universal basic income reality. UBI leads to a seismic rebalancing of the forces and structures within society and how they apply geographically. Uh, K-shaped recovery uh, refers to one as we're talking about how uh, this is accelerating the K-shaped recovery, which is one where the performance of the economy sharply diverges like the arms of letter K with some parts of the economy benefiting from strong growth while others lag. And, you know, a better way of describing that would be, you know, the, the, the industries favored by government and all of this get to do well and everybody who gets left out in the cold is screwed. So the big city exodus is a part of this. Um, the IMF describes universal basic income as an income support mechanism, which regular cash payments are intended to reach a large portion of the population with minimal conditions. So flat payment, regular basis, regardless of employment status, duh, that's universal basic income. But there's there's even more potential with this. Um, and just, by the way, funny related story I just noticed at the bottom of this page. Elon Musk confirms, yes, I have moved to Texas, speaking of relocating. Now, we're going to end our corona block 
with some uh, some positive resistance stories today. First, from LA Times via Yahoo.com, some restaurants are defying California lockdown rules. We have to make a living. Even in California, this is happening. Yes, Dino Ferraro texted friends from a concrete bench next to the Huntington Beach Pier on Monday as he tried to sort out his worries. He has mounting bills, more than 100000 from back rent, owned oat for his two restaurants, Capone's Italian Cucina and Black Trumpet Bistro, both a quick drive from the water. He spent thousands of dollars deep cleaning and disinfecting both businesses three times each in the past month. He said along months, excuse me, with complying with every demand required. Now, like thousands of other restaurants in much of California, he began Monday with a new set of restrictions, including a suspension of outdoor dining, which had been a lifeline for his business. California officials issued the stay-at-home orders. COVID-19 cases continued surging to unprecedented levels, pushing hospitals, precious intensive care beds, excuse me, perilously close to capacity. And officials warn the situation will likely get worse before it gets better as more people who are infected over Thanksgiving weekend fall ill. But for Ferraro and others, the economic tool poses its own existential threat. Yeah. So um, Ferraro said he was experimenting with staying open, offering outdoor dining, and a few indoor tables spread 12 feet apart at both locations. Now, uh, what does that mean? Oh, we're just experimenting. Uh, you know, if you come in and, and we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. You know, are we gonna get uh, are we gonna get shut down? Are we gonna get arrested? Are we gonna get raided? And and uh, you know, there's there's more fear mongering in California than a lot of other uh, a lot of other places. One quote in the story is from L.A. County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer. By the way, someone on Twitter this morning sent me. A picture of some of the uh, state health officials, uh, the the leaders of the COVID efforts, state by state, and uh, I I don't want to ever make fun of people for their appearance, but I will make fun of them if they're giving advice that so ridiculously clashes with their appearance. I have a general policy of only taking advice from people I want to emulate. Uh, if you want to end up like a piece of shit, take advice from people who are pieces of shit. Uh, if you want to be healthy, take advice from healthy people. If you want to look like a government health official, uh, take advice from government. They are a sickly lot of obese or gaunt or just unhealthy, disgusting-looking human beings. Now, I, I didn't see a comprehensive review of all the photos, and I don't mean to cast aspersions on every single one of them, but there is something to be said from this. I'm not just pointing it out to make fun of them. But, you know, who is it that thinks they can tell other people, you know, how to manage their health, that they know better? You better, you better be able to back that up. And it, it, anyway, the, the the people trying to scare us, like Barbara Fair, once people die, they're gone from our lives forever. There's no way to measure that impact at all, and every death is a tragedy, particularly those deaths that in some ways, if we were all better doing our part, we could be preventing right now. 
Are you trying to explain to the people of California how death works? Is like, is that, is that what you have been reduced to, or is that uh, the conversation? So Governor Gavin Newsom announced the uh, new round of restrictions last week, saying stricter intervention is needed to shore the state's hospital system and make sure intensive care beds remain available. But as we learned from this story, uh, this this case is is not an isolated one. Uh, with with the owner of these two restaurants um, and uh, Dino Ferraro, this is happening all across the state of California, and uh, I, I hope this points to a trend all over the world. I think people are, re- and certainly in the United States, we are coming to a new wave of breaking points where people go, "Wow, following the law, following orders is uh, is really bad for our health." We can't do this. This is it, 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 at some point this becomes suicidal, and there is a wave of pushback now that I, I don't think is going to explode into a revolution, uh, unless you want to say this is already it. If your if your uh, standard of that word's definition is so low, but there is going to have to be uh, some pullback, and I, and I do think we have overall reached the high water mark of. Uh, COVID policy crackdown, if only because it is going to have to subside in the face of this growing uh, dissent. Now, we we have, like, you want to talk about, like, experimenting. Well, in New York, they're experimenting with uh, driving cars with cops on the hood. Yeah, no, okay. So there is a famous story related to this uh, Staten Island bar owner uh, in his own COVID Fight surveillance footage shows Staten Island bar owner driving off with cop on his hood as police try to arrest him for breaking COVID rules, but he says he was scared and running for his life. Now, I know this is a little weird that you would expect to hear from me because you would think I would be most automatically sympathetic with the driver in this case, but I had to... My mind, when I saw this video, I first, I'm, I'm looking at the, the cop running to stop a car with someone who's planning on driving away. And that this physical confrontation is somehow, it's not appropriate, but it's thought of by that cop as appropriate. <clears throat> What thoughts does that cop have running through his head as he runs up to that vehicle? I'm a hero. I have to stop COVID by physically stopping this car. Wow. Now, I don't want to say never do this, but, well, okay, never become a cop. Never jump on the hood of a car as a cop. Yeah, I can say that. Uh, but from the perspective of the uh of the victim in this case, the our hero, the Staten Island bar owner who was so defiant. Uh, yeah, don't you know? Unless there's some other immediate physical threat, don't 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 drive through cops. Um, you know, I, I know that they're a threat to you, and and I, I again, I, there's no uh, NAP violation here. I'm just giving general advice. Uh, uh, you know, as a matter of how to deal with police driving through them with vehicles, like you're not. Uh, by the way, this guy has been released on bail since then. But anyway, backstory is why this is so important about the uh, Danny Presti, 
who owns Max Public House. He was already facing charges of ignoring COVID restrictions. And uh, it says he was ramming, he rammed his Jeep into a sheriff's deputy. Is that what you see on the video? I'm pretty sure it's the deputy jumped on his head and he drove away. Not quite as, as dramatic. Um, <clears throat> but Presty now says that the men did not identify themselves as police officers, and he thought he was running for his life. Um, I don't know if that story holds up, but uh, there's uh, obviously uh, absolutely uncalled for harassment by government, by the police. And the uh, deputies were attempting to arrest him for serving patrons in violation of city and state closure orders implemented to curb the coronavirus pandemic. Now, here's just the irresponsible failure of journalism by the Daily Mail. If, if, a, if a mugger goes and steals your wallet and says, well, it's okay, I did this in order to feed my 10 starving children, um, do you say that the mugger did that, or do you go look at him and follow him and see if he's just shooting dope in an alley with your, you know, with your money, using your money to buy, and you get the point. Um, the state closure orders were not implemented to curb the coronavirus pandemic, and this is what's going to get us kicked off YouTube again, is that the, the closure orders were implemented to serve the greater purpose of government, which is to keep the super rich getting richer at the expense of the rest of us. Preston could be seen running hurriedly to his car, striking a deputy, and then driving for about 100 yards with the deputy still hanging on the hood. So uh, apparently they were they were dressed in dark clothing, and he really can say that he didn't know they were they were cops. And this is this is uh you know I I think government has set us up for this with all the undercovers we saw in Portland even you know recently with uh, unidentified law enforcement in full combat gear jumping out of unmarked civilian vans to grab people off the street. It's pretty easy as a, for 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 uh, a non-government gang to imitate government and get people to comply. But, you know, this is why you got to know what self-defense is, and it doesn't matter if someone's a cop or not. If you got to defend yourself, you got to defend yourself. So apparently what started, according to his attorney, two big burly officers came out between a parked car from behind him and yelled, hey, Presty, hey, Presty, and started running at him. That's what sort of the whole set of events. So th there may be a, a, a bigger picking apart of this story um, but, you know, one problem with it, and, and as much as Presti is the hero here on Monday, he said he still has respect for law enforcement. Really? Um, as he said, uh, I think you'll find at the end of the investigation that I did nothing wrong. The sheriff officers broke every proper procedure for effectuating an arrest. If the sheriff's office is to continue in their new role as law enforcement, I urge the city to provide them with proper training. Also, Let's not lose sight of the fact that this whole incident was over illegal, the illegal serving of a hamburger and a beer. At a news conference on Monday on Staten Island, the Presti supporters said the governor and mayor were trying to crush the little man who dares to speak up while trying to protect his small business amid the pandemic. And yeah, there's that standing up for the little guy, but, uh, oh my gosh, I just, mm. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo called Presti a coward and blasted those who are still supporting him. How dare you, Cuomo said at a coronavirus briefing. What kind of signal are you sending? It's repugnant to the values of any real New Yorker. Because according to, the, uh, according to Governor Cuomo, your values are being obedient to him. 
And I think about these cops, you know, again, you're running, you're putting your life on the line, you're chasing someone, you're arresting someone in a situation where they're resisting because of the serving of a a burger and a beer. That's what this is about. So uh, thank you, Mr. Presti. And uh, may you triumph over people like Mayor Bill de Blasio, who said that you should pay very, very serious consequences for what you did. And, uh, you know, this is... I hope there are more experiments, uh, Mr. Presti. Keep up the good work. Now, we have another maybe more significant triumphant victory to celebrate in in uh, Idaho. And the next headline, last one in our COVID block today, NewYorkDailyNews.com, anti-mask protesters in Idaho overwhelm cops. Forced cancellation of public health meeting. That's right. Boise police were forced to create a barrier to keep anti-mask protesters from entering a meeting at the Central District Health Offices yesterday in Boise, Idaho. The special meeting of the CDH board was later canceled. Idaho Public Health Commissioners had shut down their meeting, had to shut down their meeting and scramble home because of coordinated pro-coronavirus protests across the Boise area. Pro-coronavirus protests? Wait, is that is that what they're trying to say you are? Well, I'm doing this to fight corona, so if you disagree with me, you must be pro-coronavirus. What? The commissioners tried to meet Tuesday to address the COVID-19 pandemic, but were met with fierce resistance from anti-mask protesters. They gathered outside the building in downtown Boise and at commissioners' houses around the city. The cops planned for a protest, but still believed officers would not be able to maintain public order. And, uh... Yeah, yeah. Anti. So this this is this might be. I mean, we 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 see now uh, a, a, an escalation of the resistance against the uh, Corona tyranny, against the coronavirus. It leads everybody to want to tell everybody else what to do, and so we've gone from you know individuals not wearing masks and and protests requesting nicely that the lockdowns be lifted. We have seen an escalation of businesses operating under the table and civil disobedience. And now restaurants in California, of all places, in New York, of all places, these hotbeds of statist obedience, now great Petri dishes for experiments as it is sometimes called, in civil disobedience. And in Idaho, it is escalating. I don't, I don't believe the, uh, the characterization of this. Uh, thank you for sharing some of the audio of this protest with us, CJ. It looks pretty darn peaceful. But it is a physical confrontation in civil disobedience in saying, yeah, as Mario Savio said, we are going to put our bodies on the on the gears, on the levers, and and we are going to tell the people operating the machine that if we are not allowed to be free, we will prevent the machine from operating at all. 
Now, of course, as a libertarian, I am hopeful that this will escalate, that this will bring us to a tipping point and a teachable moment about civil disobedience and the nature of coercive government. But I think it's much more likely that it's simply going to lead to a de-escalation of the lockdowns. This is a very carefully managed tyranny that they don't want to let get out of control. But one way or another, here's to the spirit of resistance alive and well in America in the age of corona. Keep up the good work, guys. And uh, that's it. Well, and if I ever need to, that's when I get to blow my nose in every show. <laughs> so, CJ, sorry that COVID block went pretty long, but I hope you appreciate it. It was kind of like a second a second half of the block there with the resistance stories. I think that was important to cover. You know, we need to do everything we can to encourage this. So let's get back to comment, Jim Freedom. Check in with the audience here. Um, harass my uh, my respiratory system so it sounds yeah. more like I've killed it. That's crazy. Yeah, it's good to it's good to see uh, so many people resisting. Like you pointed out with the one guy saying, uh, but he still respects cops. You know what I mean? Like the, that's the thing that kills me. Like I was thinking about that uh, in that whole crowd right there. They're all on a focusing on a specific issue, but I still feel like they're going to use the bad apple scenario. They're going to chalk anybody they come across that's resisting them in this particular case as just a bad apple but when they go home and calm down they're going to say but you know we still got to we still got to you know fund our police and all that well jim i i mean let me like point something out here because you know i like giving people the benefit of the doubt and and pointing out the coercion in any situation excuse me uh, mr presty is definitely the uh, victim of ongoing threats of coercion right. to arrest him, to shut down his business, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, as libertarians, you and I uh, would wish he could come out and say, no, I don't respect law enforcement. I respect protection of rights. I respect public service. I respect safety officers. I respect uh, those who truly take the spirit of, of protect and serve seriously and in, enforce what is right in ethics and natural law not enforce laws on paper based on the whims of politicians and other bullshit, um, which is a bit of a strong, nuanced statement. But uh, is he going to come out and say that under duress? Or does it make more sense? Remember, he's on Staten Island, right? Conservative pocket. Very statist conservative, obviously, very pro-law enforcement, but it's an area in New York where there are a lot of cops and firefighters. So... um, if he, if he came out and said, no, screw you, pigs, you're doing, you're fucking evil. What you're doing now is fucking wrong, and I don't, res- I, I, yes, I love you as people, but I do not respect this. I do not respect what you are doing. That could have pretty fucked up consequences for him in New York. Remember, New York is a place, too, where a lot of, uh, uh, you know, off-the-record physical abuse occurs, threats, things like that. You know, I, who knows what would happen if you, if you live in Staten Island and you take a public stance against law enforcement. I'm sure we have some activists we, we could ask about that. Um, and whatever that, that threat is, 
I, I don't blame Mr. Presti here for, for sidestepping it. Definitely. He's uh like Fina Benone says, uh, this guy's a free market hero. She also says something else that you got to get ready for. The van uh, clip where he's, uh, I call it pushing the cop. I'm not going right. to say he was right. driving. No, no he didn't hit the cop. There was no striking. The cop was like laying on it. It was almost like they had a moment to like, you hold it on, you hold it on, because I'm going to go, you know. Yeah. Before he left, yeah. you know, so. But but anyways, she says the that van looks like COVID versus a mask. <laughs> so somebody could somebody could make a clip and put the uh you know how you just put a word over the item and they put the word <laughs> COVID over the mask and then put mask over the word cop. Yeah. Yep. 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 Those cops stop that van like masks stop COVID. Mm-hmm. Craig Darty points out, though, in a serious note, luckily they didn't shoot him. They are trigger happy, and that, like even the cop on the side, I'm surprised he didn't pull out his weapon and shoot him. Yeah. yeah. CJ? He, CJ likes that point? Yeah, no, well, well done. That 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 is probably the best line of the whole show is that those cops stopped that car like messed COVID. Messed up. <laughs> it, it, it's a good one. Hey, so, yeah, that's the way to contain the – coronavirus, but I'm still saying, like, we don't want any residual spillage outside of that segment of that thing, that virus. Um, so, so we, we got to do Karen comments before we put no, the block out. We need to have somebody that keeps track of how many times you say COVID or COVID is mentioned after the COVID segment because that's that's, like, that's losing containment of the virus. We it's want uncontainable, to... CJ. No, it's containable. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will. That's I will, the lesson we're going to learn at I'll, the end of the I day. I will hit the bookmark again. You were. You were just yesterday. You were said you're not putting anything with COVID up, and you were talking about a completely unrelated story. But there was an. Ad I think it's right better if you turn it into the joke that it is. It needs to be the joke that it is. So what yeah. was the video well, you were playing with the pigs? I don't know. You, it was just, you know, they're evil oh, pigs. They're just okay. evil pigs, man. The, the pigs are evil. That's what it yeah. says. And if you Google evil pigs, that's something you'll find if you Google evil pigs. Just to, for future yeah. reference. Um, well, I was, I, I was saying that as in the most irresponsible way to be anti-cop in that situation, right? Or the, yeah. the big guy. Nay, I, I don't endorse using that term, just to be clear, or any such ad hominems. And I think in particular, um, I, like, I don't know, have you ever heard me really call cops pigs? Like, I don't think I did. No, 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 I wasn't saying you did. Yeah. Yeah, and in that case, I did it as, like, in a voice, essentially, right? Yeah. As, 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 you know, as, as someone else might say it if they were, you know, just sort of overwhelmed with anger with the cops. And, oh, you know, oh, it's called righteous anger. That's what you call that. You call that righteous anger. You can express righteous anger without dehumanizing others. You can, of course. But other times you can't. So, the, 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 well, yeah, no, you always can. No. You always can. Mm. Um, and there, there are a lot of reasons why it's, it's, it's sort of not helpful or counterproductive, and I do it, and I did it in this case in someone else's voice to show that. Anyway. Yeah. 
Shall we have a break and move on to non-corona stories? Yeah, uh, so that's the the next question I have. Uh, it looks like we got some election coverage. We do. We do. Sadly, still. Still, we have election coverage. So we get to it. Right, hey, real quick, uh, I want to let everybody Maryland. know. Maryland. There's going to be a launch of a uh, new T-shirt line where Adam versus the Rona. So uh, it's not up on the store yet. We'll get it up there, though. But, uh, you know, it's it's if you just a little talking point. And then the Freedom logo, that got COVID. So you'll see it when it comes out on the store if you go to Adam versus the man here in the next few days. But uh, I look forward to getting the shirt um, because, uh, yeah, it's, this is what this show has literally been about since the day it came out, like. Oh, it's tough my to get. shot, my shot is not complete yet until I get my laptop sleeve. Uh, I know, Jim. Don't on. worry. Listen, listen. It's it's about timing. Thank you very much for coming to my TED talk, <laughs> Mercedes. I can see you. Like, That's copyright. She, Hello. Yeah, he channeled his inner Mercedes there. Don't worry. It's all in, it's all <laughs> in time, Jim. All in due time. Well, Elizabeth. Coquillard would like you not to disparage the animal pigs. <laughs> yeah, right. That that yeah. Don't don't uh, disparage pigs by comparing them to criminal humans. Uh, let's see. Uh, don't be a status to be an ad hominem. The attack has to be on a quote man. A pig is not a human, so ad hominem doesn't apply. But that said, I support pigs. He's Ad pig. Pig-inim? Of course, David. What's the Latin root? What's the Latin word for pig? I have no idea. Ad ad piginum? If it's not because homonym is of the man, right, or of the person, right? That's that's clever. Good good insight. Um, ad porcus. Ad, yeah, ad porcus attacks. Still, still logical fallacies. <laughs> ad porcus attacks are still logical fallacies. That's what I was getting at. All right. Sweet. All right. So, uh, so <laughs> to start our election coverage today, we go to thehill.com for this story of censorship from YouTube. Surprise, surprise. YouTube to remove content that alleges widespread election fraud. Now, why is why is this news when you know our producer CJ uh, calls me the most censored man on on YouTube or or on the internet? You know, what, is this is this really that much of a shift? And and you know what? Honestly, I I think it is because this is a, a kind of political censorship where I mean I, they they crossed this line a long time ago. Let me let me just sort of back up. Uh, this is something that I personally have been dealing with, uh, YouTube censorship, going back to uh, when I first got serious on YouTube, I suppose, back in, uh, what, like 2000, uh, 2010, when uh, when the uh, TV show got canceled. And then uh, it, it was different things. It was community guidelines. You know, and the community guidelines are, are deliberately vague. Um, J.P. Sears, uh, Waking with J.P. has a great video making fun of the, uh, you know, what it's like talking to YouTube customer service and their community guidelines. 
being just sort of silly and arbitrary, but arbitrary, they have made themselves the arbiters of truth in a lot of situations where the effect is, well, you don't get to think for yourself anymore. Sorry. Um, we'll do the thinking for you. And what's, what's interesting to point out in all of this is, is the double standard. But first, let's, let's get to this new wave of censorship and see, see what, what actually is, is new about it, aside from the subject of election fraud and the timing, which is actually very interesting. YouTube said Wednesday, as in today, it will start removing any content uploaded to its platform that contains allegations of widespread fraud or errors in the 2020 presidential election after Tuesday's so-called safe harbor deadline that essentially locked in President-elect Joe Biden's victory. Now, a lot of people will misinterpret this based on the superficial elements that make it look like YouTube is another liberal-owned social media tech company that wants to, uh, you know, rubber stamp or, or, or cement Biden's victory. And this is kind of uh, more of an anti-Trump thing than anything. Because Trump is the one right now pushing for the recounter challenging the election results, uh, alleging widespread voter fraud. Now, as I always have to point out covering any of these stories, when Republicans and Democrats say, those lying, cheating crooks stole votes, they're both right. And widespread voter fraud has been a thing in America for a long time. Yeah, I can justify that. I can back that up. We can look at the history. We can go back to every, uh, you know, duopoly action at voter suppression, uh, disenfranchisement, you know, making it harder for people to go vote, et cetera, et cetera, uh, stealing of votes, false votes, suppression of votes. This is, a, this is a well-established American tradition. So in order to say that that's not true, that there's not widespread voter fraud, you have to redefine widespread to mean not wide enough to overturn things for Trump. And that's kind of what they've done here. But somebody famous once said something about uh, if you want to see who really rules you, see who you're not allowed to question. And in this case, who are they really saying that you're not allowed to question? Government itself, the integrity of the election process. The deadline marked the date by which all states are required to have resolved any election-related disputes. President Trump, however, has not conceded in the race. Even the state officials have certified their election results, showing Biden has the electoral college votes to be the 46th president. In a blog post, YouTube said content, quote, that misleads people by alleging that widespread fraud or errors change the outcome. Ah, see, change the outcome of the presidential election will be removed. The update applies to content uploaded Wednesday or any time after. It doesn't, because if it was uploaded before Wednesday, uh, it is, you know, the, some some official deadline where now it's it's okay to censor this. And now it's okay to say this is, we have, we have decided and you can't think for yourself anymore or question the official line. So YouTube said also said that since September it has terminated already more than 8,000 channels and thousands of harmful or misleading election-related videos for violating its existing policies. YouTube said 77% of those removed videos were taken out before they had 100 views, meaning more than a quarter may have reached a wider audience before they were removed, which might give you a little bit of a clue there, producer, executive producer, CJ, 
as to our videos getting flagged and demonetized and taken out of our subscribers' feeds. They are getting attention. They are getting reviewed before they get 100 views most of the time. But this story from The Hill instead takes the very pro-censorship angle of saying that meaning more than a quarter may have reached a wide audience before they were removed. Oh, my gosh. You're not allowed to let people hear that. Democrats have increasingly criticized social media platforms over their handling of election misinformation. The CEOs of Facebook and Twitter have frequently come under scrutiny from lawmakers this year, but YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki has not been summoned for Senate hearings like other social media executives. Hmm. Really? Further, Google CEO Sundar Pichai has also appeared before Senate panel, but he has largely not faced questions over YouTube, which is owned by Google. So YouTube, YouTube, my old friend. When all of the other social media companies are at least doing some things that raise questions for government, by contrast, you seem to have sufficiently towed the line so as to escape scrutiny, at least at this one level. And the double standard here, I, you know, I've I, I pointed this out enough times, but I think to, to sum up sort of the measure of... Uh, how new and disgusting this is, I, I, I could just point out a couple things in contrast in terms of what's been censored and not in the past. Because your, your excuse in the past for censoring certain COVID misinformation was that it was a health threat. Because you might lead people to not follow the orders of, of government officials. That would be the, uh, the negative impact there. And even then, a lot of the content only had warnings put underneath it. I had a video that was taken down with a warning for graphic violence and then put back up called The Restraint of Muslims that is now still available as I speak on YouTube and includes a shot of the Jordanian pilot being burned alive by ISIS. That's okay. Flat earthers are okay and welcome on YouTube. You trust us to think for ourselves when it comes to that. But if it's anything important, if it's the possibility of election fraud, that is what you're going to censor. Why not just call yourselves GovTube at this point? Our next story from Reuters, U.S. states plan to sue Facebook next week. Sources, a group of U.S. states led by New York is investigating Facebook Inc. for possible antitrust violations and plans to file a lawsuit against the social media giant next week. Four sources familiar with the matter said Wednesday the complaint would be the second major lawsuit filed against a big tech company this year. The Justice Department sued Alphabet Inc.'s Google in October. More than 40 states plan to sign on to the lawsuit. Facebook declined to comment. A uh, spokesman for New York Attorney General's office declined to comment. The FTC, Federal Trade Commission's commissioners, met on Wednesday to file a related complaint with an administrative law judge or district court. It's not known what the states plan to include in their complaint. One allegation often made against Facebook 
is that it has strategically sought to buy small potential rivals, often at a big premium, including Instagram in 2012, WhatsApp in 2014. So, what are the uh, what what lawsuit or what you know what what is the outcome of this going to be, or what are they going to uh, what are they going to be asking Facebook for, and 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 how are they going to present this? Certainly, there's going to be an element of pandering. It's uh, well, what do our constituents? Uh, and what are they going to? What's going to make us look good in the eyes of our constituents? What's going to give us more power? And uh, in, in terms of, I, I, here's a bold prediction: the uh, action taken by governments uh, against Facebook uh, are not going to fundamentally challenge the empowerment of Facebook through government corporatist and banking policy. Uh, ABCnews.go.com. House passes defense bill with veto-proof majority despite Trump's objections. Lawmakers have vowed to return to Washington to override a veto. In today's episode of Drama from the Lame Duck Presidency, the House passed a sprawling defense bill Tuesday in an overwhelmingly bipartisan vote despite numerous veto threats from Trump. Final tally, 335 to 78 to 1, well over the two-thirds majority needed to override a potential veto. The bill is now going to the Senate. What's the issue here? This is the NDAA. This is just how the government spends a ton of our money on the military, right? Well, he has issues with an amendment that would strip Confederate names from military bases, and because it lacks a repeal of Section 230, which deals with social media liability protections, that he claims hurts Republicans. So, these omnibus spending bills often end up getting amended in this uh, terrible process with things that are unrelated or could be taken up separately. And then they use this, well, we, we had to include it because we had to pass the bill, otherwise we wouldn't be able to fund the troops as their excuse to go ahead and, and sign these bills. So I, I, I'm sure Trump has some, some bigger plays than these two relatively <clears throat> superficial issues. But, um, well, here's what he tweeted. I hope House Republicans will vote against the very weak National Defense Authorization Act, which I will veto. must include a termination of Section 230 for national security purposes, preserve our national monuments, and allow for 5G and troop reductions in foreign lands. So, wait, more deliberate ambiguity as per Trump's style. We need... 5G and troop reductions in foreign lands. Wait, we need to reduce the 5G and the troops in foreign lands? Or we need to allow 5G in foreign lands and have troop reductions? Could go either way here, right? Uh, but this uh, this is going to pass one way or another because they always do. <clears throat> and at a time when uh, the rest of America is struggling and will continue to struggle to support a bloated government. The NDAA includes a 3% pay raise for the military. Yeah. Um, of course, they also put into this improvements in body armor for women. Coronavirus relief, military housing improvements, and boosted sexual harassment prevention and response measures, among other items. <clears throat> yeah. More federal news. TechDirt.com, Patriot Act used by the FBI to collect Internet browsing data 
contradicting claims made to oversight. The NSA shut down its bulk phone records collection, authorized under Section 215, after it became apparent it wasn't worth the effort. Reforms put in place by the USA Freedom Act prevented the agency from collecting it all and sorting it out later. Instead, it had to approach telcos with actual targeted requests and only haul away responsive records. The NSA somehow still managed to over-collect records, putting it in violation of the law. The NSA into the program had outlived its usefulness anyway, suggesting it had far better collections available under other authorities they would rather not subject to greater scrutiny. Yeah. But this didn't end the government's bulk, collection, bulk records collections. It just ended the phone metadata program. The NSA still collects other records in bulk, including banking records and, oddly, books checked out by late library patrons. Yeah, the broad authority of Section 215 could be read to allow the government to collect other records like email metadata and Internet activity, reasoning that people voluntarily create records of their Internet use by using third-party services to surf the web the government ended. It could sweep these up just as easily as it had swept up call records. Yeah, yeah. Now, all the more reason to use another third party, like a VPN, virtual private network, that would at least uh, mask <clears throat> your interactions with the Internet. So this is getting to a point where, uh, you know, we should have been scared enough to do something about this a long time ago. I think back to the Snowden revelations. And uh, the, the, the general, you know, revealing of the emperor wearing no clothing here. We have entered a new era where with COVID, yeah, I, I'm going to have, it touches everything. I'm sorry. Uh, sue me. But in this era of COVID where government has created a whole new set of excuses to violate your rights, your freedom of movement, uh, your, your freedom of association. Uh, freedom of speech, uh, freedom of, of uh, freedom of trade, free commerce. You're so in so many ways being uh, assaulted by this coer metaphorically assaulted by the literal coercion of government with the flimsiest uh, of excuses, lacking lacking substance and lacking the need to be substantiated. But what if that meets? This level of surveillance. What if the uh, the NSA is able to get data about how you are violating COVID policy to local law enforcement that now has way too much time on their hands and a need to justify their bloated budgets with more action when travel and uh, you know interactions with the public are down so much because activity is down so much. You know you. Just like you can't uh, justify half your budget as cops for traffic stops when all cars are self-driving. Well, when people are staying home from COVID, you got to find other ways to harass people. And so that's why you see cops jumping on hoods of cars to stop a bar owner in Staten Island and, and crazy stuff like that. Desperation is going to get worse. And I, I do see these dynamics coming together in, in, in a very scary, dangerous way right now where there, there's a reasonable possibility this is on the horizon, if not already here in limited ways, where digital surveillance is going to be used to back COVID policies that allow 
law enforcement to do horrific things to you personally. And uh, maybe until now, all the stories like this have been a little too abstract for Americans to really appreciate. You know, oh, well, yeah, well, I, I don't have anything to hide. What's the big deal? I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, now you are. You Oh, your mask slipped below your, below your nose once when you were in public on that security camera. We saw that. Uh, you know, now, now we got to raid your home and make sure that you're adhering to all of our other COVID policies here. Uh, and we, oh, we might make a mistake. We might get, but you, you see where this is going. And even if you think that the government response to Corona is, is somewhat proportionate, uh, when, when that enforcement happens with uh, an extreme lack of transparency, as the uh, you know, national intelligence apparatus is, it, it, and, and mistakes are, you, know, you have to know that there, there, there's something else at play here. Uh, and, and this is now a threat to every American in a, in a very real way, like never before. Uh, our next story from the Associated Press via Yahoo.com, families of shooting victims sue sellers of ghost guns. Families of those killed and wounded in a rural California shooting rampage three years ago are suing manufacturers and sellers of ghost gun kits that provide easy-to-assemble firearm parts that make it difficult to track or regulate owners. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, speaking to the to our friend Cody Wilson, um, Defense Distributed, and what he's been doing with 3D-printed guns and, and doing his best to make this technology free and available, and, and he's been through a lot of uh, legal challenges and, and uh, persecution himself and all this. A pair of wrongful death lawsuits filed last month in separate state courts accused 13 defendants of negligence, public nuisance, and violation of business codes. The cases were brought by Brady United. <clears throat> yeah, the national nonprofit that advocates against gun violence, which said Monday that the suits are the first of their kind in the nation. Now, I, I have to first, in, in, in analyzing the story breakdown, you know, what is this anti-gun movement? What is Brady United? Now, I, I don't care too much about this particular organization to make the point that we see there is a deliberate effort by the powers that be who want a population disarmed to take advantage of the other element of this, which is the part of the public that is gullible enough to say, oh, we just don't want guns. And I get the sentiment. And in a sense, you know, I, why am I, I'm, I'm not pro-gun, I'm, I'm pro-freedom. And I, I, I am pro-defense, and I'm pro-individual empowerment, uh, especially in a way that, uh, you know, balances government power, provides a check to it. So this, uh, the, 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 the people who just want less gun, like, and I, I share the sentiment of most reasonable, you know, anti-gunners in that I want less gun violence. I mean, why do I want freedom? Is because I want happiness and preservation of life and value and, and security and, and, and all of those good things and, and, and peace, ultimately, and, and, and a more loving, harmonious world. But when uh, we have the technology, or excuse me, before, before I get back to the story, um, I, in, in that, that sense, I am kind of anti-gun for self-defense in the long run, simply because we're going to have better tech. You're going to have a Star Trek phaser. Set phaser to stun, and you can take someone out of commission without hurting them or damaging their body and, and just without destroying that value. Uh, unnecessarily, that's that's progress, and I think the more we let the nanny state interfere with that, the the more conflict we're going to have, whether it's with or without guns, uh, the the more pain and angst and suffering. So 
the people who are on the, the, the first side of, of this, uh, or the, 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 uh, the first half, I guess, it's, 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 I guess a small part of the, the real central planners who want the public to be disarmed, they'll, they'll do whatever it takes. And they'll use uh, genuine anti-gun people as, as their shields. And, you know, hey, look at how you're being used, people. Look at how you're being used. Uh, you know, what are the principles behind this? And in this case, the ghost gun kit. You ready for this? Ghost guns, which are cobbled together with various parts often purchased separately, have long been popular among hobbyists and firearm enthusiasts. The weapons that contain no registration numbers that can be used to trace them and require no background checks increasingly have shown up at crime scenes, gun control advocates say. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to uh, modern technology, thanks to people like Cody Wilson, entrepreneurs, innovators, hobbyists, the Internet, uh, we're able to defend ourselves in a way that you don't know, and you're not able to stop us. Great. Um, Bray's chief counsel says there's an ample and thriving gun market in this country in which law-abiding citizens can get guns through proper channels. No, no that's, not, that's not how proper channels work. This is an industry that appears aimed at supplying people who can't legally have guns. Now we have the quote from, quote from Cody Wilson himself, the director of Ghost Gunner. One of the defendants called the suit's low-effort attempts to confuse the public and frustrate the lawful purpose of making your own firearms in California, the other 12 defendants, most of them online retailers, didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. Now, um, the Ghost Gunner machine itself uh, is is a milling machine, right? It, it, it uh, drill, it, you know, mills metal out of a block in order to make uh, a lower receiver for an AR-15 in, in you know, the examples that I've seen. And, yes, this is, a, you know, a, a critical turning point along with uh, what Cody has shown as possible with 3D printed guns that uh, can practically work and be used uh, effectively for self-defense. And when, I, when I, I point out these people will stop at nothing to, to uh, violate your rights to stop you from being able to defend yourself, because they want you to be more dependent on government, they want you to be more dependent on the police, and they want you to be more vulnerable. But uh, while they're trying to go after people one step removed, you go, well, wait a second. If 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 somebody, why are you trying to sue these people? Because they had something to do with helping the shooter at some point do something to to put the gun together to do the crime. And, and this is this is just one of the underpinnings of the American legal system, which is not a justice system. In fact, it is often an anti-justice system. Is that there's really no universal standard of responsibility? Who is responsible? Well, no, the guy who pulled the trigger is responsible. Because if you really go be beyond that, well, if you gave him the gun, okay. But you still you didn't have to pull the trigger. You didn't make it happen. Well, if you gave him the machine to make the gun part, one of the gun parts, then you're well. What if you uh, you gave him the car to drive to the scene of the crime? What if you made the car? What if you're his mom and you made him breakfast that morning? Are you are you liable? At some point, you just go. This is ridiculous. 
you, you have to look at first principles. You have to ask, why are they doing this? And, and I, I would say to those families, um, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, no caveats. All sincerity. I'm doubly sorry that it seems you've been misled to being pawns of somebody's political agenda, along with so many other well-intentioned uh, anti-gun activists in the United States. And uh, I, I hope you can see through that. I hope you can see how you are being used and that uh, if you can just ask, what are the first principles here, you know? Um, why is the shooter wrong to have killed your family members? Because they own themselves. It was a violation of their rights to, 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 to life. Their lives were theirs. They were taken. Well, similarly, you cannot use this as an excuse out of sorrow or anger or fear and allow yourself to be manipulated to now become the violator, the aggressor, and go and take money from people because they had something to do with the shooting, even though they had no direct responsibility. So, uh, yeah, good luck to Cody and everybody else who's, who's fighting this. Uh, before before we get to our final block, well, let's see, we have, uh, we have a couple scary stories, and then we have a little a positive tech update block to round out the show. Well, let's check in with the audience. See if our contest of contests has any entries and remind everybody that you can win membership in the Producers Club today by uh, telling us how you want us to give away Producer Club memberships on the air. Did I say that right, Tim? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. And uh, this is your way. This is the way you could buy your way in for 10 bucks a month. You could be welcome, one of our better patrons at patreon.com slash Adam versus the man. That'll get you in the Producers Club. But it's easier, and you can do it for free right now and be in there by the end of the day if you just uh, come up with a contest for the live show. That's all you got to do. So then they can feel our world, see how hard it is to come up with these contests all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people like it, I mean, we can keep doing the video clips where we play, uh, you know, audio from uh, some clip that you should recognize. So political history or, or recent news clip and uh, anybody, you know, best best no, answer, explain no, what that is, identifying the speaker or event, occasion, no, date, etc. I'm not, I'm talking about you. Oh, CJ pulled the random one up. People everywhere. When I come down here to Texas, I was looking for something. I didn't know what. It seems like you had up my life and I spent it all either stomping other men or in some cases getting stomped. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I know the speaker in terms of the actual person there. I don't know yeah. the uh, context, the what movie or whatever. Hey, not you're, well. Now you're giving away. But you has you added an extra clue. Oh, not our are not for movies. But anyway, there's another clue. Do you want to do that today? All right. Um, the, any, uh, any other general well, comments? Yeah, you remember we were talking about Ad Porcus being the Ad Hominem. Uh, 1054 says Ad Hoganim. 
yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, too obvious. How did we not get that right away? Yeah, it might not be the uh, perfectly accurate or literally accurate, but it's the best one. I think that's funny. Oh yeah, for sure. So, uh, don't be a status says, as an American, I rate my freedom on the inverse of how many government-mandated numbers are on my firearms. Less numbers mm-hmm. equals more freedom. Simple math. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think in a free society, you'd still have serial numbers on on guns, but it would be, you know, it'd be optional, right? You know, if and, and it wouldn't be government-mandated, certainly. That's yeah. It's that that number on your gun is government saying, "Okay, you can defend yourself, but only with our permission." But if you do, we're gonna know about it. <laughs> and not if you're a felon. Yeah. Or yeah. Not other if you're a felon. Other underclasses of American society. Right. Right. Uh, empty matter uh, points out when we get stun guns. You, he says set gun to fart stun. He wants stink bomb guns, I guess. I don't know if that's going to – I wouldn't want to use that because I'd be like, now it stinks. <laughs> no, I think I think this is a smarter comment than you're giving him credit for. It's still a dumb comment, but it's a little bit smarter <laughs> than you might think, Jim, because uh, when he says fart stun, he means that you can set your uh, your your phaser to, to shoot someone – with an, with a, a zap of electricity that will cause them to lose control of just the air in their bowels. Right. Okay. Which would so cause it to fart stink. from a distance. <laughs> well, how effective is that going to be at, at solving any problems you're trying to solve with it? Is TJ just showing us just a video me, yeah, I guess. of a fart gun? Okay. He put a lot of thought into this, I think. (laughs) I think this might be a side pet project of his. I don't know. CJ, what do you think about guns? Why don't you come give us your two cents? You're going to be showing us how to make them. Nope. He said no. Nope. All right. So let's get on to our last news block, if there are no critical comments, and uh, we'll come back to you, the audience, uh, for your last uh, election, or uh, excuse me, uh, contest entries here. Did I say election? Why did I say election? Anyway, I'm trying to think about all these stories coming. We do have a couple more important ones to cover, so let's jump into it. <clears throat> AljaZera.com, France reveals details of controversial Separatism bill, yes. Let's see what's going on in France, according to Al Jazeera. The bill, supported by President Macron, aims to regulate Muslim spaces such as mosques and will now be debated in Parliament. And, you know, France has, like, their their official slogan, Liberté, Égalité, Fraternité, Freedom, Equality, Brotherhood. And, you know, this story has a great photo with it of, of Macron looking serious and pointing from behind a podium in, in front of those words. And it's just every time they, they you know, freedom, equality, brotherhood, it, it, it really does capture, uh, you know, and I think this one goes back to the French Revolution, is that there is, a, you know, a, a sort of subversion of the concept of freedom or redefining of freedom uh, as, as uh, 
authority granted privilege, right? Because, well, freedom, as long as you have equality and, and, and brotherhood with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this new law is aimed at tackling what the government terms Islamic radicalism uh, was unveiled this morning. President Macron has promoted the bill to target what we call separatists undermining the nation, but rights groups have raised concerns over the law, saying it would discriminate against French Muslims. Among notable measures is making school oblig- obligatory from age three with the ability to opt out in favor of homeschooling for special cases. Only the measure is aimed at ending so-called clandestine schools run by hardliners. Another article encourages mosques to register as places of worship so as to better identify them. Again, you have freedom of religion as long as you have our permission. Many of the nation's more than 2,600 mosques currently operate under rules for associations. Foreign funding for mosques, while not forbidden, would have to be declared if more than 10,000 euros or 12,000 U.S. dollars. The draft would make it a crime punishable by fines and up to a year in prison for a doctor to provide a young woman with virginity certificates, sometimes demanded ahead of marriage. French doctors and Muslim feminists are also against such certificates, but some have argued against an outright ban, saying it could harm women who could face violence without them. Yeah, talk about unintended consequences. To do away with forced marriages, a measure in the bill requires couple the couple to meet separately for an interview with an official when there is a doubt about free consent. Because the government is so good at consensual relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't consent to any of your bullshit, government. If the doubt persists, the official must take the issue to a prosecutor who could forbid the marriage. Yeah, those practicing polygamy would be forbidden French residence cards. So uh, we can't stop you from practicing polygamy, but we can take your benefits away. Yeah, okay. When Macron spoke about the bill earlier this year in an attempt to drum up support, he said Islam was a religion in crisis globally, a comment that upset Muslims across the world and led to anti-France protests. Now, is it a religion in crisis? Like, uh, I mean, it seems certainly more vibrant than uh, than most other major world religions today. Um is it a crisis when your religion is so good that people are blowing themselves up for it? No, that, that's the success of religion. Um, but it, it is, it, there is a certain sort of Western chauvinism or bias inherent in, in saying that somebody else's religion is a religion in crisis. Um, but who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm sure that you could cherry pick a set of criteria and, and, and justify that position. Um, so this is, you know, this is an important story in terms of, uh, you know, what government is able to, uh, to get away with now with when they've got you so afraid of the other. And in Europe, uh, it really is something that we should, we should be reporting on more the, uh, influx of, uh, you know, Middle Eastern immigrants into Europe and, and the issues that they're having with that there. We go now to Russia, Insider.com, a Russian YouTuber's girlfriend reportedly died during a live stream after being locked outside in the cold. The Russian YouTuber, Stas Riflay, has been accused of locking his girlfriend outside in below freezing weather before she died on a live stream, according to reports from Russian media that were cited by the New York Post and Sun Online. Videos recorded during the broadcast and re-uploaded to YouTube appears to Riflay dragging his girlfriend back inside. 
The investigative committee of Russia told the British outlet The Mirror that an urgent investigation into Valentina Grigorieva's death was underway. So, um, yeah, just a dumb, freaky story. I don't know if there's anything more to this, but it was shared in our Telegram chat. And uh, as just another, you know, freak story um, of, uh, you know, corona in the age of the Internet. Um, but, yeah, so she, he, I, I don't, I don't want to get into this story anymore. I don't think there's anything more to say about it. Let's get to some positive tech news. Reuters.com, Yandex robots start to deliver restaurant meals in central Moscow. And I'm not here to praise the reason for this and why people are afraid of contact with other humans right now. But in terms of technological development being forced by uh, this current crisis, this is a very positive implementation of technology that is going to have even more uh, of, of a role in the future if it doesn't get completely leapfrogged by flying drones, at least. Driverless robot buggies started delivering hot restaurant meals to paying customers in one central Moscow district on Wednesday. Their operator, Russian internet giant Yandex, said, The Yandex.eats app, one of several food and grocery delivery services in Moscow, is offering, offering customers... Around the White Square Business District, the option to have meals delivered by a buggy-like delivery robot instead of a human. The robot called the Yandex.Rover has been delivering groceries in some Moscow areas as part of a pilot program since the autumn. It is now gradually expanding its catchment area. The robot picks up orders from restaurants and brings them to the customer who then unlocks the robot using their smartphone and lifts out the food. Three of them are now operating in the White Square area, part of a citywide fleet of 20 robots. Uh, they actually have a rival. There's a competitor, Delivery Club, and uh, you know this is, but this is uh, couriers wearing bright yellow or green overalls with boxy thermal satchels on their backs, which has become ubiquitous in Moscow in recent years. And uh, there are uh, so it's just. Another another fun quirk in Russia. Over the summer, five Russian retailers commissioned a monument in Moscow to honor tens of thousands of delivery couriers who had said it kept the capital ticking during a weeks-long lockdown to curb the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. The heroes of the crisis, now rendered obsolete by technology. Um, yeah. Yandex is sometimes described as Russia's Google, said in November last year it had started testing autonomous delivery robots. It has also started using them commercially in Inopolis, a tech district in Tartistan region. Now, in more vehicular positive news, all-electric 2021 GMC Hummer sells out in 10 minutes despite $112,000 price. Want a 2021 GMC Hummer EV Edition 1? Get in line. The all-electric pickup sold out in 10 minutes despite its price tag that tops $100,000, just as the automaker is preparing to start winter testing of it. Aldred declined to say how many Edition 1s have been ordered, but said it's a highly sought-after vehicle. Now, I I have to wonder if this is um, a completely fabricated news story in the sense that... uh, Auto manufacturers in America are, are pretty good at, at, you know, hype. And uh, they could have very easily 
said, uh, well, we put uh, 100 of these online, and 100 of them sold out in 10 minutes because we had 100 of our employees line up and take them, and now we can put out a press release that says, look, we sold out in 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, always skeptical here, right? But uh, there's still a bigger positive element to this that you, you now have a, a, an all-electric GMC Hummer. Like, yeah, this is a pretty major technological shift. And if their sellout in 10 minutes is not a complete hoax or fabrication, then uh, it, it does show that this is there is a mainstream demand for this, even at the high price tag for what we're seeing now. Hopefully, uh, this is something that uh, is going to come down in price and is going to be a, a leap for the automotive industry in terms of actually finally getting back to focusing on cars as a way of making money as opposed to financing, maintenance, things like that. Uh, but this pickup can go, according to the, the article, from zero to 60 in about three seconds as new technology such as the crab walk, which allows the wheels to turn diagonally to get you out of tight spots, as well as hands-free driving and the fastest charging system on the market. So we'll see when this comes out how uh, practical a, a truck it's going to be, but I am still, regardless, excited for what's on the horizon with this technology and electric vehicles. Totally unrelated, but also fun tech story from ngadget.com. Uh, Google's look to speak lets users pick phrases with their eyes. Yeah, and right away when I saw this, I was like, yes! Ah, cool, another bit of uh, technology coming into its potential for application is we have had the ability to scan your eyes with uh, digital cameras, with real-time uh, computers interpreting your those images and determining what direction uh, w what you're looking at. Uh, but this is taking it to the next level. The accessibility app could help users with motor and speech impairments to communicate. And this is so cool that, like, now you uh, if your eyes work, you can talk. Yeah, Google's latest accessibility app could help people with motor and speech impairments to communicate. Look to speak includes a number of phrases, phrases that users can select with their eyes. The app is now available on devices running Android 9 or above, blah, blah, blah. So you can look left or right to navigate the app and select from a list of customizable phrases, which are read aloud. Look to speak uses the device's front-facing camera to track where the user is looking. The device could be mounted a little below eye level. Now, there is this, – this is definitely I'm, – I'm excited that this is happening. This is definitely um, a very positive, you know, alleviation of suffering and, and humane uh, implementation of this technology. There is also a ton of other uh, applications that could come out of even this simple uh, ability to interface with a computer with your eyeballs through a camera. And just off the top of my head, one of the fun things that occurs to me is if you had a smart house, you have a smart home, right? It's, it's, a, it's a home, right? We made it. Smart home. Uh, you have dumb houses, smart home. But if you had a smart home and you had cameras everywhere, uh, at least enough that, you know, follow your eyes in most places, you could control your house from your eyes by looking around. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, imagine the, the safety and security that is possible with this. Like, you could have someone uh, come into your house and tie you up. And if you blink at that one corner of that painting three times, it dials your, your phone or your house <laughs> dials 911 and calls the police or, you know, locks all the security doors or, uh, you know, calls the police and releases a, a uh, you know, a disabling gas into the house. So everybody in the house passes out for 30 minutes and the police show up. Or, uh, obviously, it'd be better if it was private security, but you see the potential with this. Um, and even just to do fun stuff. I mean, imagine if you could, uh, you know, look at that one crack in the ceiling and blink your right eye three times and it would make your favorite TV show come on. I know it's just a weird example, but you can have a lot of fun with this. And, you know, in terms of what it makes possible when your body is disabled, as we see in this story with this technology being applied to people who need it uh, for, for basic communication functions, imagine what it's going to be uh, allowing us to do when we get this technology to the next level, whether it's with smart homes or smart suits or, you know, who knows where else this is going, maybe just more responsive technology like we brought you the story yesterday of the smart city in china uh if they can tell what people are looking at in um say uh you know disneyland or a park like that and and, and they can respond to that and, and create a, a computer driven uh, incredibly beautiful interactive experience i think there's a lot more potential for this and that's all our headlines for today until we get to the good news let's check check back in with comment Jim Freedom, Mr. Freedom, what do we have for contest entries in our contest of contests today? I'm not Jim Freedom. Oh, did we lose Jim? Yep, we lost Jim. He had to go. He had to skedaddle. Did I lose you? Oh, jeez. We lost Jim. No, no, I... I, I keep I, I wonder if it's something in StreamYard now because or if it's when when you're doing something behind the scenes it triggers my Chrome to freeze just my video. It's not a big mm. deal. Like I, I can I can deal with it like this. It's just that I'm flying blind for most of the show. Or not most, but you know, part of the show until I do that. I just have to go out of Chrome and and back into it and it refreshes. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jim had to go, so um, that's uh, he asked Mercedes if uh, she would step in, so Mercedes. Any comments? Any uh, comments to share before we wrap up? I, I still got, I forgot I have this email to get to. How you doing, Mercedes? Hi, yeah, you know, I'm fine. I need a vacuum, and I'm going to point it out for myself so that everybody else that could be thinking that knows that I have a puppy that tore up the kennel because she's a jerk. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, for comments um, and for the contest, there are no guesses that I can see. If I missed a guess, please go ahead. Um, if we need to play a clip again, I guess it's your call, Adam, but probably not. There, but there are no. All right. Well, no, I got, I'm going to get to this email then. Any other, yeah. before we close out comments, just any other good comments you want to share? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, there's just a lot of fart jokes really uh from the fart gun is um yep lots of lots of 12 year old fart jokes and then the drone delivery we said 1054 drone delivery is a great idea but like the yandex i can see people taking pot shots or some other way of robbing them 
you know, like security of the sky. But I will add, though, like with drones, it is illegal, like in America, because I may have had a neighbor that was flying his drone over our house and I wanted to shoot it in town, which is super not legal. Um, but it's a felony in, in um, um, Nebraska to shoot a drone down. So there are laws that do regulate the sky. And according to federal regulation, drones are regulated and just stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. The drone systems will be able to defend themselves one way or another. <laughs> Don't be a statist. Is, um, the best contest, what are the most unique four last digits expiration date and CVB number on your credit card? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I'm getting yelled at, too. So, uh, hold on. Nadio! Nadio! <laughs> All right, well, hey. Thank you, Mercedes. If that's it for comments, I'm going to move on to this email and wrap up the show. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I was, I, I, by the way, I was thinking when, when that last comment came in, and most interesting last four, the last four numbers of my Social Security number are 0911. How about that? Speaking of 911, I got this email from one Justin Kraft, and at least for now, I think I'm going to refrain from revealing Mr. Kraft's email address. He writes to me at adam at the com. Mr. Ignorant, I never had an aspiration to join service until 9-11, period. At that, by the way, it's Mr. Capital, Ignorant Capital, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, Mr. Ignorant, that's, that's how this email starts. Uh, at that, and then I never had an aspiration to join service until 9-11. Okay, Mr. Kraft, I think you've got a the missing in that sentence. At that point, I felt compelled to join and serve to fight the terror that what at American doorsteps. W-A-T, I think you mean was at American doorsteps. Okay. Perhaps you were a rejection or you are a cynic, but I'll never back down from why I enlisted in the Marines. I'm, I'm going to have to just chalk this up to being a really drunk email. Um, I wonder if this is actually a Marine, though. Um, yeah, they have repedial, remedial math and grammar and spelling and stuff for Marines, but they, I, they're, they're not drinking proof. Uh, I pity you for feeling the way you do. I feel great. I'm sorry you feel pity. Uh, it's sad that you think the military is disposable in your eyes. Well, in my eyes, I think it's disposable because I don't need the military in my eyes. That's ridiculous. But is it? Is the? Mm, do I need to take this opportunity to clarify my position here? Uh, the military is an agency of the government, of control, and, and protects the government, and it's anti-American because the founders of this country so that we shouldn't have anything that they would have called a standing army. They preferred militias to militaries because they knew that militaries defended governments and militias defend free people. And uh, Mr. Kraft, as I would point out, you are not a warrior in the Marines. Or if you are, you have subverted what it means to be a warrior in order to be a soldier. A warrior is someone who stands up for what is right and defends the innocent. A soldier is someone who's willing to kill for politicians. And by that definition, uh, Marines are not warriors. They're soldiers. 
Don't say they're part of the branch of the army. Devil nuts. No. But you are a soldier. You are a lackey. You are someone who is willing to follow orders rather than do the right thing. So, is it disposable? Well, yeah, murder is disposable. Rape is disposable. Theft is disposable. Uh, militarism is disposable. These are bad ideas. These are crimes that are holding back humanity because a military, by definition, a standing army is funded by taxation. Taxation is theft. Warriors are supposed to stand up to criminality and injustice, not be a part of it or accept funding by it. I have friends and family who won't be here for the holidays because of their selfless sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. Misguided, perhaps. But no. Uh, as as uh, he finishes this brilliant email, what have you ever sacrificed besides your place at the trough? Well, unlike joining the military for the benefits or to have smoke blown up my butt, uh, or to indulge in the desires to be shaven and, and clean shaven and, and look like a woman and to be obedient and, and to follow orders. Um, yeah, I, I, I volunteered to go to Fallujah in 2004. I didn't just join the military to be part of this uh, welfare program. And it is, don't get me wrong. Uh, digging ditches and filling them back up and being paid to march around in pretty uniforms, you're a fucking welfare whore. Everyone in the military is. Okay, maybe you're not a whore. Well, I guess a whore is someone who has sex for money. A soldier is someone who kills for money. So I guess it's worse than being a welfare whore. You're more like a, you're you're a welfare murderer. Yeah, yeah, would be. Maybe maybe murderer would would suggest uh, more individual success than you deserve. Um, hitman, you can be a hitman. You can call yourself a hitman before you've actually killed anybody, right? That that appropriately reveals the the patheticness of, of militarism that I, I think I'm getting at here. As uh, you know, it's funny because this email, uh, Mr. Kraft, I believe, intends to sign off anonymously as he says, "Enjoy your freedom, you coward." Signed, U.S. Marine. Okay, Mr. Kraft, is is it is it? PFC, Lance Corporal, Second Lieutenant Kraft, perhaps. Um, even in your sign-off, enjoy your freedom, you coward. Got to put that one in perspective for you, sir. Sending an email like this is cowardly. Join a military where you are signing up to take money to kill for politicians and follow orders is cowardly. Giving up the chance to be a real warrior and set a course for your own life and challenge the greatest injustices of the world. You follow a career path laid out for you by the man. That's cowardly. Joining the military today when viewed honestly, can only be seen as an act of ignorance, cowardice, or greed. All these things that I admit to, in why I joined, in which I have renounced, in rejecting militarism itself. So, Mr. Kraft, thank you for helping me today reveal the idiocy and ridiculousness of militarism. And that's our show for today. 
We're going to uh, save the good news for tomorrow. Don't forget to go to adamversustheman.com. Join us on Patreon through there at patreon.com slash adamversustheman. We want to play the John Wayne clip one more time. When I come down here to Texas, I was looking for something. I didn't know what. Seems like you had up my life and I spent it all either stomping other men or, in some cases, getting stomped. Had me some money and had me some medals. But none of it seemed a lifetime worth the pain of the mother that bore me. It's like I was empty. Well, I'm not empty anymore. That's what's important. To feel useful in this old world. To hit a lick against what's wrong or say a word for what's right, even though you get walloped for saying that word. Now, I may sound like a Bible beater yelling up a revival at a river crossing camp meeting, but that don't change the truth none. There's right and there's wrong. You got to do one or the other. You do the one and you're living. You do the other and you may be walking around, but you're dead as a beaver hat. Very apropos. Thank you, CJ. And for getting all our promos out of the way, don't forget the other websites. I will read into the record for our audio listeners. Check out CigarFederation.com, promo code ADAM10, all caps, gets you 10% off, and make them debate.com. Let's make another debate happen with that. Mwah. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other. 